Hi friends, welcome to Good Thinking, the podcast where we explore meditation, mindset, and mindfulness in order to be a little bit kinder to ourselves and others. I'm your host, Jenny Martin. You can find me at Jenny Meditates and at Good Thinking Podcast on Instagram. I am beyond excited that you're here with me. Let's get the party started. Haley Tharp is a certified meditation teacher, wellness coach, a retired attorney, and a self-care queen on a mission. Founder of Legally Well, Haley offers a suite of self-care and wellness services tailor-made for practicing attorneys. Her wellness workshops, guided meditations, coaching sessions, and beach retreats will help you to reset, recharge, and reconnect with yourself. Haley, welcome to Good Thinking. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful introduction and for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. I'm so excited uh, to have this conversation with you today. Um, and I am also lucky enough to know you before today. We actually met at meditation teacher training last year. Uh, shout out to Unplug. Yes, you were my <laughs> accountability partner um, in that. So, yeah. It was an incredible experience. And I'm so grateful to Susie and Jelena and David G for pairing us up. Um, which, you know, led to this conversation today. Um, that program was an incredible experience. And it was so beautiful because there were so many people brought together from so many different walks of life that were all on fire for meditation, self-care, self-love, and just this renaissance of personal power. So I'm, I'm curious, I know that you are a, a retired attorney. I know that there is obviously a large journey from that space to the program. So I wanna know, what would you say has been your meditation journey and what brought you to that program? So I would say that my official meditation journey really started in July of last year. There had been times where I had meditated through yoga um, or like had done past life regressions, but I hadn't ever um, like sat down to dedicate time to meditate. And so um, in July is when I quit my job. Um, that's when I was working as an attorney and I didn't have a plan as to what I wanted to do next. I knew that I needed to break away from that job, unfortunately, to be able to even think of the next steps. And so once I did that, um, I started doing yoga um, and meditation, but really yoga was like the first introduction into me signing up for meditation, um, specifically hot yoga. And I really was paying attention to the breath work that was being done. Um, in that, and I got an aha moment for the first time, which was um, the thing that I really love and am passionate about is self-care. And so from there, I was like, I have to do this more. I went on Groupon and I saw Unplug was offering um, like a meditation package deal. Mm -hmm. And so I started going there and it completely opened up my eyes and my life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but um, I, we both call that program transformational. Um, can you speak to kind of when you entered realizing that there may be something to this, to at what point did you realize that this is a service that I want to offer? Hmm, okay. So 
for the first part of your question, I think that the meditation was called happiness. Mm. And there was another one, but happiness and this other meditation um, really, it just opened my eyes. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to keep saying that opening my eyes, but like it really did because you can be living your life one way perspective. Like it's like you have a brand new life. And so happiness, like learning more about that and getting into that um, and realizing that this is bringing me happiness. This is like a gate to it. Um, that's what kind of, um, told me like this is serious like I need to take this more serious and then I thought about teaching it probably mm, I would say October so a couple months after Um, and I wanted to add meditation to the services that I was providing in my business so I just I knew that it would be useful for everyone 100% Yeah, a hundred percent. And it makes so much sense with, um, the services that you've cultivated and kind of just your ethos in general, it fits so perfectly in there. I was curious at what point, not only did it become a personal practice, but became, um, you know, a a business, uh, opportunity, uh, to really serve and support people in that way. And I think you hit on two things that are, that, uh, I completely mirror, uh, mirror and echo. Um, you said, you know, realizing when you're sitting in this kind of class or in these kinds of sessions or coaching experiences, like being, putting yourself in these kinds of spaces, um, open you up to conversations, even personally that you haven't had before. And, and even, you know, as David G would say, asking yourself sacred questions, it starts to, um, in tune with yourself, like, oh, I've never thought about that before. And I actually do have an opinion about that aspect of my life or my happiness or what fulfillment means to me. Um, I I talk about this all the time with my friends. I really do believe that success is an inside job and like happiness and success and fulfillment are all words that we need to each define for ourselves. Um, and, And another thing that you powerfully hit on was the fact that another person can help you realize this in yourself, like being in that meditative space or being in that coaching space or even a group coaching space with other people who are active, actively having these kinds of questions or, or posing these kinds of thoughts activates things in yourself. Right. And that's what, that's one thing that I couldn't believe is how there's just this one meditation teacher a room full of, let's just say 20 to 30 people and their message is resonating with everyone. Right. Like, but in a different way. And in, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy. It, it really is like a healing practice or a sport. That's how I like yeah. to think of it. Um, that is so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> a healing <Yeah>. sport. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I actually was lucky enough to, um, pop into a live with Susie and David G yesterday, completely randomly. And I actually told them that we were going to be having this conversation and I was squealing. I was like, I get to talk to my buddy, Oh my <laughs> um, wow. but the community, I kept saying like, it was groundbreaking in the sense that it was confidence building and so validating to be in a space with people who are like, I also care about what you think and feel 
and I care about how I think and feel and I'm willing to stand up for myself and stand up for you and want to be a part of some sort of ripple effect, you know, that, and we were talking about this again before we hopped on, but like self-care, wellness, meditation, self-love is all not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if we can be in any space that's starting to, you know, flick the dominoes, having these kinds of conversations, being with someone who may be a few steps ahead on this sort of spiritual path, um, or like, you know, personal power journey, um, can be so helpful. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about, uh, the, the work that you do. And I'm curious, I'm going to step back a tiny bit and, um, feel free to take a little bit of t- time to reflect, but. I'm curious what initially attracted you to being a lawyer and if you see any correlation in that ethos with what you're doing now. So that's actually a very easy um, question because I actually was never um, wanting or passionate about being a lawyer. That was never my goal. not in life, not in school, not even. How'd that happen? Like, yeah. So <laughs> I was actually um, in undergrad um, majoring in philosophy. And I was told that I was going to have to graduate a year early because of the credits that I had. So I had to think of something to do next. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was told like, there's lots of correlations between law and philosophy. I started looking into that um, because I wanted to be a philosophy professor, but I didn't want to go to school for my PhD for philosophy because it would have been like eight years or something. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so I started like seeing how law and philosophy is similar, but law school is only three years. And my mom, she has been a probation officer for 30 plus years. And so she has actually always suggested um, me being a lawyer, but I never paid any mind because I, it didn't spark an interest in me, you know? Right. right. Um, But with that being said, I did try. I took the LSAT and I applied to Howard um, which was the first school that I applied to. And I got accepted two weeks later. Wow. And so the path just like, yeah, it just, it just happened and formed. And I just went on. Um, and I completely enjoyed the experience in law school, but I had to actually remind myself afterwards that the reason I'm not enjoying this is because I never wanted to do this in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I think that's something that a lot of kids have, I say kids because you're a kid when you're making that decision. Um, but I feel a lot of people experiences, you feel like, especially in the way that our higher education system is set up in the United States, it's very theory based. There's not a lot of practice. There's not a lot of hands-on experience. You're nodding your head. (laughs) So there's, it's a huge guessing game. Uh, in, in a lot of senses. Yeah. And if you don't know exactly what you want to do, or it's also a game in the sense of uh, credits and what credits do transfer or don't transfer or what they equate to or what they don't equate to. And I mean, at the end of the day, like 
the heart of what you're saying is this is, you're talking about people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you end up taking a path that makes sense um, or, you know, fits the, fits the bill in terms of what makes most sense credit, credit wise. And then you uh, graduate and I'm, you know, I'm curious what happened post-graduation, but assuming you end up actually in the practice of it. And there's the moment where, oh, right. I didn't want this. Right. And that's why I always say like, I'm someone who could have benefited from Definitely um, not graduating a year early, but also taking a gap year because I think that would have given me a lot more time to figure out who I am and what I want to do with who I am. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was talking to my partner the other day about how I wish colleges were set up where the first year is, you know, a series of internships or apprenticeships, Mm -hmm. or even like set up to be a gap year for at least six months uh, up up to a year, because there's so many people that I know and myself included, where we go into it thinking one way and we come out the other end with a completely Uh different degree. and, And most of us don't actually end up doing something with that um, with that time. And it's a bummer because, you know, there are so many incredible professors and there are also many incredible different opportunities for degrees. We just don't have the time to actually sift through and see what we want to do before we're signing up for classes. Um, so I, I completely agree. Um, so do you see any core, like, obviously there's no correlation between, uh, your interest for law because that wasn't there, but your interest in philosophy, um, do you see any correlation with kind of the mental health work that even the spiritual work that you're doing now? Definitely. And so I will first say like, um, I could have benefited from a gap year, but um, I did take the time that I could to try to figure out as much as I could. So when I started undergrad, I was a business major, realized that was not for me. And I went undecided. And that's scary. um, Because you want to like decide and have something you're working towards. But I actually took time to figure out what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I took a class called evil, um, which was a philosophy class, my first one. And that, um, that opened the door and, um, you know, I didn't know anything about philosophy. Um, and it was funny because when I considered majoring in it, people were like, are you going to be a philosopher? Like, what are you going (laughs) to do with that? You know, but it was just something that I was passionate about, um, because of all the things that you can think about all the creative arguments that you can form, like just, I, it's just like a, a field of learning, really. 100%. Um, yes. And so with philosophy, there's concepts like consciousness and, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, if those are separate, like what that looks like. And so I was already like in that space of um, like self-awareness and self-realization, mm. wanting to work towards that and be on that path and so now being in wellness like it all just makes so much sense why I love this so much because it all connects like I'm literally like reading and testing out philosophies that I live by but also that I'm creating you know for myself and for my clients so 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it the way that you said that. And that is, it's so true philosophy, especially when you start to dig into it. I mean, it really is, um, a, a concept of lifestyle, right? Like how do you believe, how do you operate? What are your, your behaviors? Uh, what are your values? What, what's your perspective? It's one of those things that really does, um, start a snowball effect, you know, if you're paying attention kind of thing. And, and there's another thing that you said that I think is super important to highlight, um, the perception of other people, right. Taking a gap year was so frowned upon when I was in school. I don't know if you had the same experience, like, oh yeah. and then you said, I, you started in business. I started in business as well. I changed my major three times and ended up adding mm. so much time, uh, that, you know, there was even, um, judgment on people who, you know, didn't graduate in four years, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's so, you know, so much perception around, well, what are you going to do with that? Or like, what is that actually going to do for you? When the one thing that you said is, is the point is like, I'm passionate about it, or it fulfills me, or it lights me up, or it makes me curious. Um, and at this point in my life, I've found that the people who are, you know, quote unquote, the most successful, whatever that means to them are the people that are doing the things that light them up. And inherently when you're doing that, other things start to fall into place as well. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. And I love that because I definitely um, know that there is a lot of pressure and even shame with um, the amount of time that you graduate, what you graduate doing, whether you follow up with that in that career, like there's so much pressure um, when it comes to education, but um, I love that you actually took the time to keep changing if that's, you know, to figure it out. Like that's what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest threads of the conversation we're having is like, it's not one size fits all. Like education is never going to be a one size fits all experience, like self-care, wellness, personal power, you know, a a job. We're no longer in the days where someone um, is hired in for a a company and is with them for 30 or 40 years for the, by and large, you know, there are no pensions coming to save us. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, you know, the people that are trailblazing and are, you know, deciding to spend their time in, in a work sense, doing the things that light them up and to be quite frank with, with the work that you're doing, you know, at service to other people is such a beautiful and, and profound thing. And that's like such a great point because um, like I had just mentioned my mom, she has been a probation officer for 30 plus years with the same department. And it's like, I can never imagine doing that. And she can never imagine me doing what I'm doing, you know, me, right giving up having a job with benefits, um, you know, to go on my, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're great. Um, to go on my own and like figure things out and like follow my passion. Like that's just, it's unheard of for <laughs> a large group of, you know, her generation. Um, but I'm glad that there are people like you and me who are like willing to step out and ha- start our businesses and like expand and grow and like really take them as far as we want to not um, you know, that others, um, see for us or like the limiting beliefs that they try to project onto us, or at least (laughs) a hundred percent. I really couldn't agree more. And like, even the boxes that I put my myself in due to thinking that there was a a certain blueprint to life, you know, Mm -hmm. at some point you realize that a lot of us were bought and sold the cheat sheet for a test that doesn't exist. And then we're left, we're left wondering, you know, why life looks a little bit differently than we were told it, it could. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think there is this, this renaissance and there'll always be a little bit of friction between generations uh, of misunderstanding. Um, but I, I tell people all the time, meditation and self-care is what yoga was 30 or 40 years ago. We are mm-hmm. going to look like the crazy hippies to a lot of people until yeah. they get a taste of the Kool-Aid themselves, right? That's just kind right. of the nature of it. And, and I'm kind of curious, I was reflecting the other day that my experience with the teacher training program and, and beyond that, just deciding and standing in my, my own space of like, this is something I want to offer the world. And this is like who I am at, at a level that I hadn't really accepted. Uh, I'm, I, I've been having so many more conversations with people that I never expected. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's created not only opportunity, but understanding with people like my parents and my grandparents, or even people at work, because I, I do uh, still have a corporate job where I would have never talked about this with them before. Um, so I'm curious, like, what has the ripple effect been since you've been a part of this space? Um, so, yeah, I think like you touching on the fact that um, law of attraction is so real, like becoming this new person and stepping into this space like you vibrate higher and you feel that but like other people feel that too and they feel comfortable to um you know talk to you and be in that open and vulnerable space with you to learn meditation and so that has been like one of the biggest and best things for me is to see like I'm actually setting an example just by being me and doing what I want to do and love like that's actually encouraging other people to try and do the things that they love too um so yes um it's been amazing just even like going to um the store like the nail shop and like somehow the subject will get on to meditation like not even by me but by them and it's just because of who I am attracting and like their level of comfortability talking about self-care and, you know, these types of things, just this idea of finding your voice Mm -hmm. and like becoming confident in that. That was my main question when I was interviewing for the teacher training program is how do you find your voice? Like, what does your voice sound like? How do you know if it's right? How do you know if it works? I wanted to I wanted to be in this space practicing meditation and getting feedback to like confirm whether I'm doing it well, you know, and to (laughs) confirm whether I'm using the right voice, but you actually realize your voice is the right voice. And like, you should be confident in, um, you know, your personal style and delivery, even though there's things that you may be able to work on and tweak. Um, but it comes down to like you being uniquely you, that's all that's needed for this practice. hundred percent. And I'm so grateful for your, for you, for saying that, because it reminded me while I was, and it made me laugh too, because I was talking with a therapist before my, or my therapist, uh, but before the teacher training program, I had taught meditation for years and years. Um, but I had always scripted every single meditation I'd ever done. And there's, and this is like me being vulnerable. So internet be kind. Um, but there's one time where I was getting ready to go live for a class 
and my computer um, melted down and deleted my script. And I panicked because I didn't know, and I'm making air quotes, but I didn't know what I was going to say. And the, and going through the teacher training program made me realize that not only do we find the foundation that we need in terms of like the information and the science and all the backbone that we have, but we are inherently capable of, pro, of walking into the room with who we are and what we have and sharing this gift or sharing this service or sharing this mental health support with anyone just by being who we are. And I love the fact that you said, you know, finding your own voice. And that is something that I think is an epidemic right now is social media has trained us, um, especially women, shout out women, um, to look to other people for how we should speak or what, how we should talk or how we should perform or how we should experience life. And especially with the work that we're doing and talking about like personal power, self-care, self-love meditation, any of these topics, you don't hit the heart of it unless you're actually being authentic and talking to, to, and from yourself. right? Right. Yes, I completely agree. Um, and I don't know if I should say this, but um, one thing that I do want to say is um, with this concept of like just knowing who you are um, and finding who you are, like just drop the, um, what's it called? I, I would say the category. So like drop Label. the categories of who you think that you should be. There's all this talk of like masculine, feminine, like soft, like, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, just be who you are, who you want to be, you know? Um, I had to actually recreate who I wanted to be um, and embrace that, you know? Um, And I actually made a list. It ended up being a list of 100 things, of things that I needed to break up with. Yes. Judgments placed on me or placed on myself um, that I wanted to break up with. I don't have to be that way or that thing anymore. I can choose to be me or, you know, different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm so grateful that you said that. And I'm, I'm going to sound like a record for saying that phrase over and over and over again, but I, I just love what you're talking about because it's, it's so true. Like I read in psychology, like men are typically, um, you know, title-based and women are relationship-based. Like men are like, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm an engineer, I'm a mechanic, where women are typically like, I'm a mother, I'm a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot in the identities that we assume. And and I love your point. Like there doesn't need to be a category. There doesn't need to be a label. And I, and I really do think that that's part of this new renaissance is showing up as yourself it is, you know, and the essence of who you are is not only enough or more than enough, but like, that is the beautiful baseline that all of us, if all of us humans were operating at, like, who knows what this world would look like. Right. Yes. We shouldn't all want to be the same, you know, have the same voice, as you said, like the beauty comes in being your unique self. That's what people are attracted to. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. And, and an, another thing that reminds me of is like, and all of our experiences stack in a uniquely beautiful and different way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I loved about teacher training was being in a room with, you know, 30, 40 people who everyone, we all have this concept in common of meditation, but we all not only sound differently, look differently, are, are experiencing the, the quote unquote, same thing completely differently but we're also meant for different people. And we've also have, have each had so many different experiences that have stacked that have brought us to this place where we have developed, you know, some mission or vision um, or purpose, um, which, whichever word you're attracted to. And that's one of the things that I think is so cool about what you're doing is you're taking the experiences that you've had with law and, you know, you've seen behind the curtain and you're standing up now and are like, hey, that experience can be better. Um, and, and I would love to help make it better for you. Yes. Um, yeah. And just like you were talking about stacking it, like stacking your experiences, realizing that I'm not on a search to find the right path. Mm. I'm actually already on the path, like (laughs) my life path. So it's just about like appreciating and, you know, take try taking as much control as you can over this path that you have you are already on the right and only path you know yes um but then also as far as the meditation group um and how different that we all were like so it's one thing to of course be on the zoom meetings and like see just like how different we all are like our different <laughs> backgrounds like our different um you know even just like introductions. Um, But then also the fact that we would get one assignment to do a five minute meditation or a one minute meditation. And we, after learning the same material, we would all come up with (laughs) different meditations. Wildly. Yeah, Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what I mean by like the one meditation teacher who resonates with everyone because our mind is so complex. It's so unique. We all are going to receive and process dif- I mean, information differently. So that's just, that was beautiful to me. Like a hundred percent. I, and I think that that's something that if anyone is approaching self-care, you know, for the first time or revisiting self-care for the first time, you know, it's not just like facial and massages and you're actually doing this kind of work, um, you know, where you're processing your thoughts or like sitting with your thoughts or being open, um, to, to these kinds of experiences. I think that's the biggest advice that I could offer is show up because being there is, is enough. And being there is the point, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of these things, but putting yourself in these spaces and around these kind of people will grow you in ways that you can't even imagine. And I love the thing that you said about this is the path. I've been thinking about that a lot recently that I feel like most people walk through life sitting like, you know, picture a basketball court, right? (laughs) and I've never played basketball so please be kind and go with me um but I think that most of us are sitting on the bench waiting for someone to come over and be like hey do you want to play the game like and and like we're waiting for some holy invitation when in reality the fact that you are a person on this planet is the holy invitation wow that was amazing (laughs) um yes yes yeah exactly And that literally goes to this concept that I learned, which is, yes, you have to show up 
and you have to save yourself. That's it. Like, right. In order to change, to see better, you have to change, you have to do better, you know? And so with self-care, like that is you taking initiative to change your life, to, to make your life, um, significantly healthier and happier. And so, yeah. Yeah. And and I love that because it's, it doesn't take much, right? Like there really is, it can feel so very overwhelming when you're at this point where you're like, I know that I want more, or I know that I'm experiencing life in a way that it could be brighter. It could be more vibrant. It could be maybe a little bit easier for myself, but I don't know where to start. And depending on where you're from or the kind of, you know, the way that you were raised or the kinds of conversations that you've been privy to, this may be completely foreign. And I think it's important to remember that like, it can feel weird because you're trying something that you've never tried before. And at the same time, there really is a snowball or there really is a domino effect that once you just try something, open yourself up to this, um, kind of, you know, personal development world, it affects your life in, and, and honestly, the lives of the people around you in so many more ways than you could have ever expected. Yes. And I want to caveat that with two, um, examples of how I first started getting into self-care and just two things for other people to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the categories that I go over is hobbies. I forgot that I was not engaging in any hobbies. Um, Like with COVID, like it was just very isolating. And I may go out with friends here and there, but what was I doing that I actually enjoyed, you know? And so I signed up for salsa lessons for the first time, um, mainly because I wanted to loosen up from being so tense working Mm. as an attorney. Um, I wanted to loosen up so me and a coworker signed up together um, and we tried it and we went for it. And That's it ended so cool. up being, yeah, it ended up being so fun. And like, there's this whole community in back of it. And it was something I was doing multiple times during the week. So like getting into a hobby, something to learn, grow with, and like see yourself improve is um, super strong for self-care. Um, and then another one that I actually made up, um, I made up this term called social carnivore. I don't know if I mentioned it to you or anyone during our meditation training, but, um, yeah. So basically I knew that I wanted to socialize more. Um, this is after COVID. I wanted to get out and socialize more. I also needed to lose weight and cut down my meat intake. Yeah. And so I came up with this concept, social carnivore, where I would only eat meat when I would go out with other people. So that way I'm not limiting restaurants we can go to or anything. Yeah, smart. Yeah, but then also not, um, you know, eating lots of meat and um, or just like an unhealthy diet in general. Um, And I did that for a year and that was like me, like really taking initiative and, you know, not punishing myself because self-care isn't about punishing. It's just doing what you know you need for that time. You don't have, I'm not doing it now. I don't need it now, you know? So it's just, it's catering to 
your need in that moment. Yeah. I, and I love that because it really is about hacking your own system, like figuring out what works for you. And then another thing that that little challenge of yours kind of touched on is like, you can be creative. Like, yeah. you, you know, like we, most of us have an inner voice that's telling us like, you know, what we can quote unquote, want to change in our lives. Right. Uh, or like what could be better or what we could be doing to show up a little bit more for ourselves. Um, and a lot of times we turn that into like a strict diet or a strict set of rules, or, you know, even just like a self-deprecation moment and who is that helping and what is that doing? Right. So I think that one of the coolest things about that little challenge is like, is you made it creative and you also paired it with being social. So there was this kind of reward for, being good to yourself. Um, and then there was two other things in that story that I think, um, were really cool. Uh, and I think important to highlight is finding something for yourself, right? Finding something for yourself and then getting into your body. So those are the two things that I would love to talk about is like, to your point, a lot of us will go to work, we'll go home, we'll do the things that we, you know, need to do to check our responsibilities off the list, but we'll lose our, our hobbies will go by, year over year, they'll slowly deteriorate as part of our routine. Um, and so finding something that can be just for you is yeah. really important for so many reasons. Um, and another thing that you said in leading into that is if you are having some sort of, um, again, I, I'm sensitive about the word struggle, but if you are having any sort of mental health, want to improve something in your life, you know, whether that's your health, mental health, the way that you inter interact with people, the way that you're kind to yourself, the way that you process your thoughts, whatever that is, and you don't know where to start, pay attention to your body. That's one thing that, that Haley said that I think is super important is she noticed that she was feeling constricted in her life um, in one form or for one reason or another and realized that maybe subconsciously, but opening up her body could, could do some work. So, you know, if you're wondering, even on a base level of like, I don't even have the self-awareness to know what I need, right? Well, where are you feeling excited? Where are you feeling diminished? Where are you feeling celebrated? Where are you feeling that you need to be small in, in whatever that is? Like paying attention to your body can be a huge signal. Yes. And that's why meditation is also so powerful because mm -hmm. that's your opportunity to tune in to your entire body, to an isolated part of your body. Like, yeah. That's one of the biggest things about meditation. Um, and as you were saying, like, you know, basically self-care is fun. Like that's, it should it's, be. Yeah. yeah it's really fun. <laughs> like that's what I try to say. Like there's so many ways that we take care of ourselves that you may actually not identify as self-care, but like watching your favorite TV show, that can be a form of self-care. And when you realize that and you actually take time to enjoy that hour and not be like, you know, maybe tense during that hour, thinking about the next thing you need to do, multitasking, like enjoy the things you love. And that actually, taking care of yourself actually brings you into the place of self-love, um, which is a whole other thing. But yeah, I think that you're literally, it's like, we're here. Like you're literally on the same page as, you know, where I'm at and like how I process things. So, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I'm curious now we've had, you know, 
a little bit of time since teacher training has happened. And I've noticed that you have been very, very busy. So I'm so what have you been up to since graduation and what have you, what have you got going on? So since graduation, um, I've posted two guided meditations in person. Um, one was at the beach, one was at the park. Um, I'm going to have another one this month and I'm doing, um, I'm doing an official event once a month for sure. Um, and I'm thinking that I'll probably go out and offer spontaneous meditations every other weekend, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, so I've had those guided meditations and then I've also implemented meditations into my services. So I offer them as part of my wellness coaching. Um, and so that has been super cool. Um, I've been getting a lot of first time meditators and so like really having to, yeah, really having to explain like what meditation is and the benefits and like how to meditate, what to look for or, or not look for, but like, um, what you can expect, Mm. um, the process being like, and yeah, it's been very positive. Um, Yeah. And I know you also recently um, announced that you've launched coaching programs. So kind of where I know that you've been interested in in that um, for a while, but what what is this new version of them look like and what are you most excited about? So I have been wellness coaching um, for a few months when I began my business Um, and Um, In those coaching sessions, we go over a self-care routine chart. Um, It's a super, I I love all my clients. Like they're just, it's such a personal um, and encouraging, uplifting relationship. That's so reciprocal. I just got, someone sent me a book two days ago um, because like we realized we can learn each other. Like this is a journey together, you know, in wellness and self-care. Um, and so I've been doing the coaching sessions individually, and I'm now offering these packages where um, there's three of them, and each of them have their own time interval. So four weeks, three months, or six months. Mm. And each package has a number of one-hour wellness coaching sessions and a number of 30-minute guided meditations. Um, course readings, monthly challenges, things like that. So yeah, so it's getting um, people to like really get on a track, you know, right. And establish structure. I think that's so helpful. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout my journey. and And I don't know if it's been the same for you is realizing that if you ritualize this thing or whatever, you know, self care, um, or self, you know, self-love routines, or even just morning routines. Um, you know, I, I think that there's an opportunity for those things to be ritualized and it's so much easier and more helpful to walk through that process with someone who's done it before and maybe just a little bit further down the path from you. So I think the fact that you've built that into uh, your offerings is brilliant. And, and I love that you said that you learn are learning from your clients as well. It's, it's truly a mentorship, right? And it goes back and forth in that experience. Yes, yes, definitely. And I also love that you were using the word routine, um, which is what I use self-care routine, but like, that's the key. 
people really like having a routine, having something to look forward to, to work on, to, um, you know, kind of just have structure. Like people want structure and especially with lawyers where in this job, there's no structure, no predictability. You don't know how your day is going making sure to have an established routine, whether that is self-care or it's your morning routine or it's your gym routine. Um, you know, any type of routine is so key um, in maintaining a self sense of self and your sanity, really like right. keeping yourself on a track. So most of us walk through life as if we have a, a pitcher of water that we can pour from. And, you know, you know, to our family, to our work, to our jobs, when in reality, if we would stand still and allow ourselves to fill up, we would overflow into the things uh, in our lives. And I think that's one of the, the mo most important and beautiful things about the work that you're doing is you're really helping people to prioritize themselves and remind themselves that like, if you're not charging your batteries, your batteries get depleted. And like, you know, as this is, as far as I'm aware, you know, we only get one shot at this beautiful life thing. And I would, you know, I want to enjoy it while I'm here. And I would love for everyone else to be enjoy, able to enjoy it while they're here too. Yes. You have one shot, one body, one mind, like one heart. <laughs> this, this is your opportunity to be who you want to make the life that you want. And so, yes, as you said, like, it's so important to pour into yourself. Um, but then also, and this is why I love coaching is to realize that there's people who will pour into you. Yes. It's not just about, you know, you pouring into others and you pouring into yourself, but like there are people and, you know, different resources to actually help you and help you fill your cup. So, yeah. And I love that you say that because a lot of people have a hard time asking for help. You know, it can be built, built into most of us, whether either, you know, by experiences or by like our social culture, but it can be really hard for people to ask for help. So one of the most um, profound things in a mentorship or in a, in a coaching experience is the fact that like asking for help is built in. It's part of the relationship. You have someone that you can build some sort of comfortability level with um, that can have some sort of understanding of you and your life and your goals and your values that can actually help to point your compass in the direction you want it to be in. Right. And that, that's why I tell people like, think of coaching as a partnership. Mm. we are working together. I am invested in your health and happiness and your success. I have your best interests at heart. And so you have to be open, vulnerable, honest with me, because that's the only way for me to really understand where you're at and where you want to be. And so, yeah, having, having that open, um, trusting relationship with a coach can be you know, life-changing. I did executive coaching for a year and a half um, while I was working to be able to um, cope with that environment yeah. um, and the work that I was doing. And then to also be able to transition out of it and, you know, fi find this new passion and purpose of mine. So, yeah. So if, if anyone um, were 
out there looking to find a coach, like even approach, don't as very new to the self-development space, very new to self-care space, and is trying to figure out where to start. Um, whether with like creating some sort of routine for themselves or for like actually raising their hand and finding a coach to work with, what advice would you offer? Or what would you say should like, should be their starting point? So I think first identifying the area of your goals, um, because there's so many different types of coaches. There's financial coaches, business coaches, um, <laughs> you know, coaches for very specific niches, like um, pregnancy, um, right. you know, so many different things. Um, and so first identifying what area are you looking to work on? And then, um, once you identify that, then you, you know, do your research on different coaches within that area, but it's really important to know that it's not about just what you see on paper, you know? It really is about that personal relationship and the energy that um, is exchanged between uh, the coach and client. Um, You really want, as a client, you really want to feel confident in the coach that you choose and knowing that you're going to be spending um, your time and effort in the best way possible. And so um, interview. It's, it's an interview, just like with (laughs) doctors or just, you know, getting a therapist, like it it really should be treated like an interview process for both parts. I completely agree. And I'm, and I'm glad you said that because I do feel like, um, a lot of times we can be kind of pressured into, um, thinking that someone we're talking to, you know, a doctor or a coach or someone has kind of like an expert syndrome and, you know, you should just like blanketly maybe take their advice, but it really is, um, a partnership. It really is a relationship and you can only get out what you're putting into it. And if you're not in a space where you can share openly and honestly, and actually, um, you know, address or get, a, you know, the appropriate or relevant help for the things that you're genuinely interested in getting help with, um, then you're not really getting a return on your investment. I'm curious, what are you most excited about this year? either something you've got going on or just kind of like this new Haley Tharp era. Like what are you most excited about for 2023? So last year at the beginning of the year, when I was reflecting on how I um, envisioned this year to go or what I wanted out of it, I just knew that I really wanted this to be my season of yes. Mm. So meaning brand new opportunities um, and things that I'm interested in, even doing this podcast, like, yes, you know, like this is my time now that I have gotten to know myself um, and know my strengths, know the things that I need to work on, um, know, you know, my desires in life. This is now that it's the first time I actually am at this point, I can't even imagine how my life will go living in this authenticity. You know what I'm saying? So like, this is this is my season of yes. I'm attracting the opportunities that fit me where I'm at right now. And I'm going to say yes. 
that's what I'm looking for. So. Oh my gosh. I li- I got chills while you were saying that. Cause I was like, yes, intention, like, <laughs> you know, like absolutely. And, uh, you know, I am just so grateful for your yes, not only for this conversation today and being able to learn more about you, but in general, your yes for the work that you're doing in this life. I told you before we started recording, um, I am so inspired by you and so impressed by you and you're such a joy and a light in life. Uh, and the work that you're doing is so, so important. You are a ripple effect for people to actually stand in their personal power, uh, and reach up their hand when they need it. And I am just so grateful that you are in the world and doing what you're doing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I'm so grateful and inspired by you. Like you are a light. I I hope you know, and and realize that like you in the um, meditation teacher training, like I'm so glad first of all, that we were paired as accountability partners because, you know, I think that um, it's one thing to have the group to talk to and then to have your small groups, but then I really appreciate them creating these one-on-one connections. And so now, even though that training is over, like I'm still going to be checking up on you because I do care about you, you know, and I care about your success. And I'm so happy to see all the things that you have done since the teacher training. I am a follower. So like, (laughs) this is amazing. The fact that you are bringing this podcast back, like it's, it's going to be successful. Like you're, (laughs) I'm, I'm ready for your 2023, you know? So thank you so, so much. Um, and so I want to let people know where they can find you, obviously, um, but to put all the links in the show notes below, but, um, what do you want to highlight? Like, where can people connect with you? Yes. So, um, you can visit my website at www.legallywell.net. Um, and there you can find the pages for coaching packages. If you're interested, I am offering a $500 off discount for the month of April. If you use the words, uh, the keywords, good thinking. Um, yes, yes. Thank you for that. (laughs) And, um, you can also follow me on Instagram, um, at Haley underscore Michelle. Um, my business Instagram is legally underscore well, and you can also find us on LinkedIn at legally dash. Well, they didn't have the underscore. So (laughs) we're working on it. She's out here though, people. Um, and yes, I will put all the links in the show notes below, as well as your offer. Thank you so, so much for offering something to listeners. People take her up on it. Haley is incredible. Um, her work is profound. Um, and she will be your best friend. <laughs> that is the energy that she puts off. Uh, and likewise, I, I'm here. If you ever need anything, I'm your cheerleader, um, uh, whatever support you ever need. Um, thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for being in my life. Um, and thank you for this conversation today. It was truly really beautiful. That's all for today's episode, friends. If you liked it, please share it with someone you care about. Leave us five stars or a stellar review so more people can find us. I am already looking forward to next week. Until then, have a good day on purpose. I'll see you real soon.